this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Hello and welcome to the long-awaited, right? I can safely say that. Really? Okay. I think we've been talking about doing this episode for a long time. Back when we were going to do the summer of Sawa, which would have been last summer. So it's been at least a year. What do we do instead? We say we're going to do a lot of things and then we don't do them. We do. Um, Um, I do. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what we did instead, but... but how many Devon Sawa things have we done at this point? Oh, man. A lot. Well, Sam, we did Now and Then with Drea, yeah. right? That was you. We did mm-hmm. uh, Little Giants. That was us. You did that uh, one with Jordan and, and Wads. Yeah, we did uh, Wild America. That, there you go. Um, and and Final have, Destination, Sam. And right? We did Final Destination. Yeah. So five. <laughs> we almost now need two hands. To count how many Devon Sawa movies we've done. And I know we're going to do Casper eventually. My <laughs> wife and I were going to do it until she revealed, I actually started watching it on Netflix and I don't want to. It's like, okay, hmm. cool. That might have been a fun episode to reveal that you hate it now, but that's fine. Oh, uh, joining me today. Uh, Rob, yeah. And, and original Sam. OG Sam. Yeah. Um, we are doing Idle Hands. The we missed the twentieth anniversary by a year. <laughs> Just not, you know, not like us typically. Uh, this came out in nineteen ninety nine, and I believe we have every level represented here tonight. I have seen this movie many times. Sam, you thought you had seen it at least once, but couldn't remember. Turns out I did not. So this was something. Okay, so we have two levels here today. We have, well, I mean, I've seen I, it There was another level where I never claimed to even know what this was. I, I, aside from this podcast, I'd never heard of this movie. Okay, okay, yeah, you know what? That's true. We had Sam who knew what it was and thought maybe she had seen it, but hasn't. And we have Rob who just went, I have no idea what any of you are talking about. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Partly because they just released a big anniversary Blu-ray, but also for me, this is my, this movie holds a special place in my heart because it was my first theatrical rated R movie because in Canada, mm. and I don't think this is a thing anymore, but in the States, if a movie was like R or 18A or whatever, as long as you're with someone who's 17, you're good. But in mm-hmm. Canada, if it was rated R, if you are not yourself 18, you, no dice. You can bring anybody of any age you want with you and they can vouch for you up and down. You are not getting into this movie. And I really wanted to see this movie before it came out and it did and I was super bummed that it was rated R and we had this whole big plan. My brother was like, check it out in the paper at this one theater, it says 14A. So we're going to pretend like we didn't see any of the other listings around it. (laughs) And we're just going to show them this and be like, well, I don't know. It's 14A. And then if they say this, we're going to say this. And we had this whole thing. And we went in and we're like, two tickets for idle hands. 
and they said, okay, and then we watched Idol Hands. <laughs> it's on IMDb, it says 14A, but then I watched it streaming on CTV and it said 18A. Yeah. Okay, Which, so they, it is 18A yeah. now in Canada, I think. They've done yeah. away with that R thing. But mm-hmm. it did open the gateway for us to get really bold and just go, they don't give a shit about this, and just started going to R-rated movies. So we saw Fight Club, and Dogma, and Three Kings, and and then End of Days did us in because they asked me for ID, and I was like, I don't have any ID on me. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly didn't care enough to stop me from seeing my silly Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and they let me in, but we figured maybe let's not try that anymore. Mm. So I'm just checking in the background, and it was rated 18 in the UK. We have a slightly different system over there, which I think we talked about before. Um, I don't even remember what my first 18 movie was that I saw in the theater. It definitely wasn't a landmark moment for me. No, me either. But... You are way bigger into going to films than I think either of us are. Mm-hmm. Wait, Rob or me? No, you. Like, Obviously, <laughs> when you. did that happen? No, but you're. I mean, you would remember that moment. I don't remember. Yeah, I attribute that the year 1999 as the year I got way into movies, and I I don't know if it was because Idle Hands broke that r-rated barrier and we decided like let's go see all these r-rated movies and we that snowballed so i guess thanks idle hands for making me who i am today (laughs) kind of wow i can't believe you haven't gotten to it before now what episode is this gonna be 94 94 94 episodes in and we get to wait does that mean it's two years no I'm what? doing bad math. We're getting close to two years. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm in a way that I'm being exhausted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How you got there. Like yeah, I was and... just like, wait a second. Are it's we getting like... close? No. It's in August, I think. We hit two years. Yeah. Uh, oh, I bet there won't be at... a live uh, podcast, Ottawa Podcast Fest this year. Oh. I, I don't know if be. they were going to do it anyway, but. <laughs> we're Maybe pretty be a, far a... from the crowd. You can socially distance that. Well, it could be a live Zoom one. Yeah, maybe. We tried that. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about other podcasts, but we did try another podcast, did a live episode through Zoom. It It did not go well. It depends on what that podcast is about. Um, It's Dead Pilot Society. I've recommended it to you before, where they take uh, comedy pilots that were written and bought by... by networks, but never fully developed, and they do a table read, mm-hmm. and uh, it, like it's great. It's a great podcast, but it, it was a very disappointing live episode because I don't. I just don't think Zoom should be live. You can't account for issues, and it was off. It was so off. I, like it was hard to look at the screen. It was off that much. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the voices, and then it would be like all of a sudden I'm seeing this person's face, but they're not talking. And I don't know, I, like, it was just really difficult to follow. And I feel like I'll enjoy it more to go back and listen when they post it. But uh, it, was, it was not very well done. And I think they might try again. Maybe they've learned from their mistakes. We'll see, but uh, I was a little disappointed. Did you I was just worried. start our first podcast beef? Oh, shit. Oh, no. (laughs) That was just two minutes of like, yeah, man, this podcast really botched it all up. I mean, again, they're great podcasts and the content is awesome. But it was just, it was the live aspect. That's what I'm talking about. And that's why I'm saying, I don't know if we should try a live Zoom podcast because 
who knows all the things that could go wrong with that. And if those disclaimers weren't enough, it's not like this episode is going to have any reach. So it's all good. Unless. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> you just going to like start tagging There's dead pilots There's still just start tagging like, do you know who else is in this movie? At Eldon Henson, at Seth Green. <laughs> At so many people. There's so many people in this movie. Yeah, there really are. There is a lot, including... Jessica uh, Alba? In, in the opening scene, rest in peace, Mr. Fred Willard. Yeah. Uh, who I think passed just last week. Uh, he is one of those actors where if you have uh, yourself a comedy show, he would just he's going to show up at some point. Like, Fred Willard is omnipresent in comedies. And... Uh, that, that you know, big loss for the comedy world. Strange that he doesn't really play a comedic role in this movie, but yeah, he doesn't have much of a role at all. It's yeah. very, very short. It was uh, cool to see him, though. Uh, it was. I, I was disappointed though because I, when I saw him, because he's one of the first people you see, I was like, oh man, who is like what? Which guy is that guy? Because I recognize him from so many things. Most recently, I think Modern Family. Um, but then when I Googled him, of course, the first thing that came up was rest in peace because it was yeah. so recent. Sad. Uh, I guess we should set it all up. There's not much to set up. Idle Hands is about a uh, uh, Devin Sawa plays Anton Tobias. And I will always remember that name because I saw that trailer so many times in the year 1999. Anton Tobias never had much on his mind and he always had time on his hands until one of them got a mind of its own that's the trailer you guys really they really did it like south park rob schneider style they sure did oh my god (laughs) they sure did so he plays anton tobias uh unambition stoner teenager he's in they're in high school yeah um and we find out that the, is did they say the devil or is it just evil? I don't even think they specify what's doing this. It's kind of hinted that it's the devil. Yeah, definitely a demon of some sort. Maybe not the head demon, but yeah. one of his minions. Basically finds the laziest sack of shit it can find, presumably because they're easy to take over, possesses their hand, goes on a murder spree for a, a good while, and then at midnight sacrifices someone so they go to hell. No more backstory than that. We don't know why it's doing it. We never really get to see it. It doesn't really matter. I like that the the backstory is basically just Vivek A. Fox doing one throwaway line of dialogue. It's like, this is what's happening. Let's go now. <laughs> like, All right. And she implies that there's so much to it. Like, she implies that this is like, she's tracing it. She's following it through town. It's like something that's been passed on to her from whoever. And she's got this like crazy knife that's going to kill it. But like, she just really, it seems like there's so much there, but then they don't really delve into that at all. It's all in throwaway comments. There could have been like a whole season of Twin Peaks before this movie even starts. Yep. Because it it felt similar. (laughs) Yeah, the whole possession thing. Mm. My favorite thing is when, she discovers the pattern when she's marking all of these small towns on a map of where the things have struck. And then she realizes, oh my God, it forms a pentagram, except she doesn't actually trace some of the X's that she has on the map. She just omits some of them. So it's a little convenient. Like, look, if I eliminate these three, it's a pentagram. 
Yeah, oh. and, and I, I hope that was like a deliberate joke and that you noticed it and found it to be amusing. I, I had trouble with this throughout the whole movie. What's meant to be funny? What am I finding funny? Uh, yeah. I, think I, I had trouble with that the whole way through. Because like, my wife kept pointing out uh, how... We're jumping around, but... Of course. So Anton is the killer. In the opening scene, he kills his, his parents, but he doesn't remember doing it. And we don't see him doing it. Yeah, we don't see him do it. Uh, Then we know that there are murders happening in this town. And when he starts to figure out that it's him, he just, in that moment, starts to notice, like, there's blood all over the floor of my house. And my wife pointed it out as, how would he not have noticed any of that? And I was like, I think that's the joke, is that he's that oblivious to everything around him that he didn't notice right? a blood stain he, at the foot of the stairs for several days. Okay, but he so he kills his parents. Presumably yep. those are the only deaths that he's responsible for. No, no. Yeah, he killed oh, no, okay, the, so the, the twins. Think he's killed, no, wait, at, the, at that point. Like, right. we, because there's a bunch of deaths that have happened that we're hearing about. Like, that but the we're following on the news morning he's watching the news and they say there are more deaths. Yes. So, he so has killed do we more think he is responsible for every death up until that point? Or he got possessed like that day and it was only responsible for his parents? No, I think it was him okay. the whole time. So that's the evil, she's in another town before she comes there when she finds that guy dead yeah. in the cell who had the possession before him. Yes. Okay. So that I wasn't sure if he was responsible for everything in town or if it like left somebody and possessed him when he kills his parents. No, but that was yeah. all him, but a, I, they don't explain how he didn't know other than the hand was, was just so dragging high. him around while he so, slept. <laughs> I, well, I think he was so high. That's the concept, right? Because he runs out of pot and that's when he things start to that's make sense. For, that's when he starts to be like, hey, there's blood here. And yeah. hey, like this is happening and like so he starts to notice things because he's out of pot so i guess he just i guess the takeaway from this is don't be such a stoner um but so he does go to make that speech at the end of the movie and is told not to which is another moment that i Mm -hmm. enjoy yeah i so before we watch this i definitely remembered the concept and i remembered wanting to see it i think i wasn't allowed because my sister was like did not do well with scary movies when we were little and she would wake up in the night and that was not great for my parents so they were like no scary movies for you guys um and now of course she's a horror film junkie um but I don't remember it being really a horror film I remember funny things about it I remember like the jokes about idle hands grabbing like grabbing the girl and I you know like things that were more funny so I didn't know I mean, obviously, it right in your face at the start, it opens on, like, Halloween. So yeah. you know it's going to be horror, but... It's, well, I, 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 the only thing I thought I knew about this was that it was a horror movie. So I wasn't expecting the comedy at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, after the opening scene, it's basically a comedy. Right? Yeah. More comedy than horror. Yeah, because, like, there's no real, like, jump scenes. There's no real, like, what like tension it's just this is yeah. like and, and the and the ridiculous. murder under the bed at the very start of the movie where his mom gets pulled out of the bed it's so ridiculous yeah. right it, like, is okay. he murdering her or is he boning her because yeah. that bed <laughs> the was bed a rocket bumps for a while and my wife actually asked like 
what's he doing to her? Because <laughs> at that point, because like when she first goes under the bed, there is a lot of blood. Like there's a it seems squish. like dies instantly amount of blood. But then that bed is shaken for some time. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, it is 85%, I would say, a straight comedy. A couple of... What's also weird is the opening credits are so tonally out of line with the entire rest of the movie. And another... uh, I used to put the DVD commentary for this movie on, like, just in the background. And it's Seth Green, Eldon Henson, and the director... And the director spends the whole time like really breaking down his film while Seth Green and Eldon Henson are just rip, like ripping on it the whole time and he doesn't pick up on it. Uh-oh. And during the opening credits, Seth Green actually says like, yo, you guys ever see that movie Seven? And it is. It's just the opening credits to Seven and it doesn't fit at <laughs> all with the movie that follows it. But yeah, so between that and the opening scene, it kind of sets up you're about to watch a horror movie and then it completely throws that aside and especially by the time again spoilers for everything his best friends come back as zombies at that point it just goes all in on essentially being a slapstick comedy almost yeah so you can you can imagine my surprise and sam i imagine you're in the same boat that like 25 minutes into the movie most of the main cast are dead (laughs) it's like (laughs) what are we doing what is happening here but yeah, that was a that was a good addition. Uh, I much preferred those guys once they were dead. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it because at that point, there's no stakes for them. Like they have no, there's no reason for them to be afraid or concerned or have any real fear of the situation because they've already been taken down. So I like that they can just spend the rest of the movie as casual observers. Yeah. Saying that, it didn't really feel like they had much fear in them before they died either. Well, <laughs> he was there's definitely, a moment he when they a, realize. There's yeah, definitely a they, moment when you're assessing what they have to live for. It's probably not a long list. <laughs> I do like the scenes where they're piecing together that it's Anton and how far they're willing to go to deny that it's him. Right down to finding the rip in his shirt and going, oh, the killer must have been wearing your shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh-huh. I see lots of copious note reviews, so yeah, oh, yeah, just... that's exactly what I'm doing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw I... in a hot piece of trivia from that DVD commentary. The friends' names are Mick and Penub, and the reason for that is that Eddie Murphy SNL skit where he does buckwheat and sings "Looking for Love" in all the wrong places, but sings it "Looking Penub" in all the wrong places. That's Uh-oh. where they got their names from. Weird. There you go. <laughs> Little hot idle hands trivia for you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Did you learn that from the commentary? I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam, do you take issue with the scene where he shows up at Jessica Alba's doorstep covered in blood and presumably having not showered in days, grabs her ass, and she immediately rewards him with sex? Oh my god. Where where do we start? I feel like we skipped so much leading up to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. The whole like should we just get into the Jessica Alba thing? We could just yeah, talk about this. Jessica Alba's so, in this movie. She was only 17 years old at the time, which makes the Oh, that thing makes it even creepy. worse. Yeah. Um I mean, I know she was playing a 17-year-old, but she is so she plays the horniest 17-year-old girl. Um, like a ridiculous levels of horny because yes, this guy shows up at her house 
covered in blood. They do he, establish they know each other because they, are, so they do they go to live, the same school and they live across the street, yeah. but they don't interact. No, they so they don't really have any basis for a relationship. And I, I guess, like, the, there's no, there's no buildup. It just goes from, like, his friends egging him on, like, take her book back to her, talk to her, to stop being such a... Uh, I don't want to say the word that comes to mind, <laughs> um, but you know, like get some balls, go talk to this girl. And so it goes from that to he grabs her ass and she's like bringing him well, up that's to later. her bedroom. That's later. No, I know, but you know what I mean? Like that's the level of relationship they have where his friend, friends are saying like, bring her book back. And like, you're, you don't even talk to her. You have a crush on this girl. You don't even talk to her. And then all of a sudden, he brings a book back. Okay, fine. And then he co- goes back. He grabs her ass. She brings him into her bedroom to thank him and is ready to bone him right then and there. It's like, what happened? Doesn't it insinuate that they did bone, though? Uh, no, I, but I mean, he comes back and she says, down. like, my parents are here and they're going to object to a, a bloody boy banging their daughter. Oh, she does I, say banging. Yeah, I, I thought I'd misheard that, but okay. I thought that it was like that's where it was going, but I didn't right. think that they had quite made it there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I note- just like I I couldn't even handle her. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt like this movie was written by teenage stoners. Yeah. That's what that's what it felt like. Like in a, in a porn, things would go down like that. In real <laughs> life, not even remotely. Not even a little bit. And Sam, oh, what, what does Jeff... Okay, so first, to establish, he has literally just finished murdering his friends. And, and his he dog, throws his cat out yeah, the window. Has thrown his into cat... Into her garden. Over to the garden. So he runs over. She finds him covered in blood, which he writes off as, oh, I got he in a fight with the cat. cat. Then she brings him inside. He grabs her ass, and Sam, what does she say in response to him grabbing her ass? What, what did she say? Oh, I don't know, but I have a story about your bush here, which is something oh, he yeah. does say. Sorry, uh, <laughs> and then there's a bunch of bush, like, there's at least two bush jokes when he is found in her bushes looking for his cat. What did she say? She says, I'm impressed. Uh, of was, course. She that's... says, I'm impressed. I didn't think you'd have the balls to just grab me like that. Mm-hmm. Then they start making out. Then his hand tries to choke her during and it, he... which she acknowledges by rubbing her neck. So he uses like the sash from her nightgown to tie his hand up. And she's like, all right, I'm into this. Yes. She says that he's kinky. Yeah, yeah, you're kinky. His best friends are dead. They have been dead for 20 minutes. Yeah, he doesn't really give a shit about his friends or parents, does he? He's sad about them, but again, it's the kind of movie it is. You can't stop dead for 15 minutes and have him mourn his parents, so I get it. (laughs) But, But, yeah. But this is so, like, that's not how... That's not how any teenage girl I know is. I feel like that is... It just felt very much like what you would expect from a porn. Like, and they do acknowledge in the commentary how ridiculous all of that is. But, yeah. And then in the next scene, his friends come back as zombies because they chose not yeah. to go towards the light. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah, it was <laughs> too far. I, yeah, I was just like, 
well, why aren't the parents back as zombies? So that's the explanation. I feel like that's what happened. Yeah, they Somebody went to the like, light. Why wouldn't other people be zombies? And then that they were like, well, this is why. Because they were too stoned and lazy to go to the light. Yep. So instead, The light was too far. Yeah. Ah, we figured, fuck it. It was really far. <laughs> so maybe the message is, keep getting high. And then you'll never die. And at the end, they do the weed does save the day mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know would you this movie is often classified as a stoner comedy would you classify it as a stoner comedy i can i can see why that description applies oh. yeah. yeah i mean they smoke weed but i guess i just picture my stoner comedies as more comedy half baked and you're more like hey man like that kind of like yeah, you ever look at, yeah like that yeah. kind of thing whereas in this one they smoke weed at the beginning and at the end and then the middle is this whole other thing i mean his buddies are smoking weed throughout i feel like because they find that bag of weed which is like a ridiculous amount of pot to find and be like oh i do have some like he didn't have a joint worth of pot left he had a significant amount of pot left um so his friends, I feel like, are getting high throughout the whole thing. And he's trying to get high throughout the whole thing. I see what you're saying, though. Like, it's not... It, it, I think it's the fact that it's, like, horror comedy that yeah. makes it not necessarily feel like a stoner comedy. But, I I mean, I can see why. Unless we missed the main joke, which is that this is one big hallucination. <laughs> That Maybe? would be the only thing that makes anything make sense. There's so <laughs> many problems with this. Just so many. Why hasn't he showered? He is covered in the same blood. <laughs> that's actually for something the about the entire movie. That's actually something about this movie that I like that he just keeps acquiring clothes throughout it and that he just molds into something else. Like at one point, he ends up at a, the, a, the fast food the restaurant. Room where the twins were killed and he puts on one of the outfits to pose as an employee and then he just is wearing that for the rest of the movie and makes like oh it's also my halloween costume and rob or sam who played the drive-thru employee that he replaces when he comes in and he's like hey you can take a break and he goes all right and leaves who was so i read that this was going to happen and still didn't see it so could have fooled me Now I'm like, who it, it was, was it? It was Tom from Blink-182. Uh, that's, a, that's a, I don't know why. He gets yeah. one word. You only see his face for about a half a second. Yeah, I just uh, didn't see it at all. Even, even when I knew it was coming, I, I was still like, no. <laughs> not the only rock star to make an appearance, though. Mm-hmm. Is it AFI? No. But they all like Dexter is wearing an AFI T-shirt. Get out of here! So I was like, who who is this fan? And then he was wearing AFI T-shirts. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to look it up. It's probably AFI, right? (laughs) You had your fun. Now it's time to. Ah! That's my impression. Put us out out of our misery. Who is it? That was Dexter Holland, the lead singer of The Offspring. And Uh, I mean, it's The Offspring, yeah, the whole band, or at least that lineup. I don't think. Any of them, but Dexter left. But maybe I don't no, know. No, Noodles is still part of the band as well. The uh, is he? Okay. The guitarist with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah, Dexter has my favorite performance in the whole movie. <laughs> you had your fun. Now it's time to ah. And he Just, gets scalped. He gets scalped. Yeah. By 
at that point, just a hand. Oh, yeah. no longer so, attached to Devin Sawa, which we have we, not gotten into. Yeah, I guess we should also clarify that once he discovers his hand is possessed, he just cuts it off, and then the hand becomes sentient and really capable. It gets microwaved <laughs> to explosion to the point yep. that, like, there is there appears to be an explosion, and it's still doing just fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty confusing. It literally goes flying out of the microwave and crawls yeah. to the high school, which they have to drive to, so it's not that close. Yeah, that's confusing. Why could it fly until it got to the road and then it was like, eh, I'm going to walk. And then, yeah, it just does the typical little... <laughs> yeah, it is... Even near the end of the movie, it is basically warping around the school, like it appearing in different rooms. and But, again, jumping around a lot. As many times as I have seen this movie, every goddamn time I laugh at when Devin saw was looking for it and looking for the hand in the art room and it appears behind him with a puppet and the Uh. puppet has the stupidest fucking look on his face. And I laugh at that every single time. That puppet that changes faces. Yeah, the puppet that can look angry and sad and get stoned. The yeah. hand, the physical sentient hand gets stoned. Um, I felt like he came to the decision to chop off his hand very lightly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. There was no, there was no like, okay, but if you chop off your hand, you're only going to have one hand for the rest of life. He's just like, I like the left. It's fine. I can just lose yeah. the right. It just like very lightly came to that decision. I yeah, feel like, like I'm would... trying so many things before getting to that point. They, they were much stupider than the guys in Dumb and Dumber because it reminded me of that whole scene with, the, you know, I was wearing a bulletproof vest. What if they shot you in the face? <laughs> There was not even any of that logic taking place here. Like, what if it's possessed your whole body? You I, yeah. <laughs> he did try and get arrested in the previous scene. That was one solution. Doesn't work out. He shoves a knitting needle through one cop's brain and tasers the other one's face. But Taser to the face, does that kill you? I would... I mean, I guess we saw it happen. <laughs> Probably not, though, right? I don't know. Maybe if you have a pre-existing heart condition. Yeah. Which he might have. I haven't watched the deleted scenes yet. (laughs) (laughs) There was a whole storyline about this cop. (laughs) Taser death doesn't make sense. Okay, check it out, check it out, check it out. Three scenes earlier. What was the... Where he's in the the smoky alley and you can see the smoke machines. (laughs) What was the Anchorman alternative movie that they made? You know the one I'm talking about with all of the deleted scenes. Yeah, have like you ever the, seen it? Something, something, Ron Burgundy. I forget. Wake it was all of the deleted Burgundy. scenes from that movie, and they stitched it together to make a completely different movie. Idler hands. <laughs> yeah, that Anchorman deleted scene movie is not good. Yeah. Uh, Neat novelty, but mm. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to report back on that. Um, those cops, I feel like they're, they're like when he first encounters the cops, they're giving him a hard time because he was what a freshman and didn't hang out with them or smoke pot with them when they were seniors. Yeah. And I was just like, first of all, he does not seem like a cool kid. Like he, he's not approaching all the, like, he's not 
comfortable approaching the hot girl that lives next door. He and his buddies seem like they just sit around and get high. They skip school a lot. Like, they're not the kind of kids you want to hang out with or who are winning, like, popularity contests here. But these two cops have a vendetta against him because he's younger than them and didn't invite them to hang out. I, I well, know. I feel like they're been, track. they they get more pissed because he kind of mocks them. <laughs> like at mm. first, they're just saying like, "We would have liked to have gotten high with you," and he he just like, "Well, you were dorks," and that seems to yeah. set them off a little bit more. But if their social status was that, I can see. Devin Sawa and his group being one step above yeah. where they were so they might look to that and go we can aspire to that group that when group they that's like three years younger than them though that's what doesn't track for me is like yeah, yeah. It, it is a bit weird yeah, yeah. It, okay fine right There's like one thing in this movie that doesn't add up <laughs> I'll give you that one the rest is sound um, also, I knit, and I'm just like, did he know how to knit prior to just being like, so he has to keep his hands busy, because idle hands are the devil's plaything. So he li- takes that literally, and he's, the next scene you see him knitting. You can't just knit. You can't just, like, be knitting. It's, it's, it's so funny that you say this, because I had the thought about Sean and his dream job, where he just watches movies to see whether they're playing video games correctly. And I was like, I wonder if he's actually knitting, or whether he's just doing some movements that make me okay, think so he's knitting. Okay, so we can start a business. You can be the knitting consultant and be like, absolutely, that is not the skill level that he would be at right now. That is I mean, too competent a scarf. Yeah, he was he was doing it well enough that like you know it's an easy enough thing to to but show someone how to do it for that purpose. The demon is like, yeah, I know how this works. Yeah, other people have tried this before. I'm a, I'm an expert knitter. Just lean in. Yeah, it was just trickery. It was just devil trickery. So boom, you tried to find a logic loophole, and I shut that one down. <laughs> Try again. Um, you keep throwing them. I'll keep knocking them back. <laughs> Uh, so where are we with this? I guess all roads lead to the uh, the the dance that gets the kids out of the curfew. We're back at Footloose again. What's happening here? <laughs> yeah, but they're allowed to dance from moment one. And they got the offspring to play. They don't say it's not the offspring playing themselves. So Yeah, it's true. One can assume. It's true. It's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, shit goes down. Yeah. Lots so of, they get killings. to the dance. <laughs> What what happens? Um, so the two friends go to the dance, right? Because it's a Halloween costume dance, so the, these zombies. And I, I don't think we've mentioned that how they were murdered. So the one guy was decapitated. And for most of the time, he's literally holding his head and his body is walking around. He's decapitated um, because Devin Sauer, barehanded, picks up a circular saw blade. And just flings it as fast as he can. He would have cut his own fingers off. (laughs) Would have solved the problem. (laughs) Again, Um, the devil hand can operate a circular saw blade. This isn't his first rodeo. Without injury? Yes. You just just grip it around the blade so the blade doesn't get into your palm. I mean, it depends you could do that how with a frisbee. This, you if you attach that. little blades around a frisbee, you could still throw it. Really? With that velocity? I think, I mean, again, devil hand. 
Yeah, not convinced. Yeah. All roads lead back to Devil Hands. <laughs> um, the other guy gets a, a beer bottle to the head, where it's literally... It, the the beer bottle is then in his head for the rest of yeah, the. Yeah, you can actually still hear the liquids swooshing around, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, by the time but they it would have all fallen di- out. Devilhan can't explain that. When the bottle smashes, the liquid drops. Well, by the end of the movie, it's gone. I mean, when he's first dead, and Devonsaw was like trying to shake him to see if he's okay, you can hear the liquid mm-hmm. moving around. The liquid, the, okay, okay. It went into down into his brain later. Be- the beer. The root beer, Rob. No, this doesn't make sense. He smashes the bottle first. There would still be dribbling. Depends on the angle. (laughs) I don't know. Because he smashes it and he's holding the top of the bottle upwards like this, so there would still be some in there. (laughs) The lid would all go. Man, the holes we are punching in this movie. (laughs) None. I just wanted to concede. I just wanted to concede one point here. (laughs) No. I conceded one because Sam got me. <laughs> You're grasping at fucking straws, dude. Get out of here, Rob. You had your fun. All right. So awesome. these two dudes looking real dead show up at the dance. And Devin Sawa has at this point cut his his hand off. Oh, so we should he... point out, though, that uh, Penub's head has been reattached to right. his body through what? So a a barbecue fork is rammed into his brain, and then the handle is thrust down into his neck, and then then they use duct tape in place. Duct tape around the neck, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but only because it was leaking burrito sauce. Yes. Um, yeah, and Devin Sawa has no hand, and so this is how they show up to the dance. But it's fine because it's Halloween, so no big deal. And in this state, what's what's the guy's name? Not Seth Green, the other guy. He keeps Penub. saying his name. Penub. Yeah. Penub. So you Penub can also is call like, Henson. That is acceptable. Yeah. Daredevil. He is. Uh, he's like hooking up. So, so in this state, one of the hot girls at the dance, uh, Jessica Alba's BFF, it seems, is like, yeah, that's my jam. I'm all about that. Duct tape to your neck. She just thinks it's a really good costume. But here's the thing. All three of our leads would smell real bad. Because mm-hmm. oh, Seth yeah. Green and Eldon Henson are decomposing in real time. And yeah. Devin Sawa has been wearing the same clothes for at least a day and a half. But probably has not showered because he's covered in the same blood. Yeah. Has been like running around Hasn't a lot. Hasn't washed his hands. Like his hands are never he never gets clean he never is like how do i try and not look like a murderer maybe have a shower and change my outfit in in defense of the movie and i'm shocked at myself for doing this (laughs) they didn't look like the kind of guys that were washing much anyway so if they knew them already like by the time he makes out with jessica alba he has had his hands on minimum four corpses (laughs) yeah he he buried four bodies with one hand at the very least yeah you can get Um, rid of a lot of the bad smells by just throwing your hand in some dirt though (laughs) i remember that from being a child science so (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah actually the more i think about it there is not a happy ending to this movie because that you know obviously he survives but he's gonna have to explain those dead cops and his dead parents and his dead friends and 
Like, yay, happy ending. His I friends mean, are now angels, but they're dead in his backyard. Yeah, and like, I guess the... Or are they? Because the corpses got up and ran around for a while. Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know, man. This is why it just... It, like, I hate the cop-out of waking up and it was all just a dream. Like, I hate that as just, like, that... But they didn't do that. They didn't, but that would be the only thing that makes sense because you're right (laughs) now like yeah so let's get to how it ends so they go to the dance panab is is like hooking up and the hand comes out kills the offspring guy people just panic and everyone's trying to get out the two girls decide not to take the door that but to go through the uh they don't want to get trampled by the crowd Yes, and Do I you just want like, to get killed and or trampled. She says. Just as an aside, how many times do people go into ventilation systems in movies? Yeah, all the time. Twice. How many times do you feel like you've been somewhere that has a ventilation system that is like person sized, where you can just climb on in and walk around and like, there's not space for that. John, are you on delay, or is the answer to that question also twice? Please explain. Oh, no, no, no. I'm still answering the first question. Okay. <laughs> it's this movie and Die Hard, and that's it. Oh, my goodness. It's all No, the there's so many more. No one else has ever been in an event. There's an episode of New Girl. No. <laughs> that is the one thing that comes to mind right now as, like, a concrete answer. <laughs> but, no, it's in so many things. And I just, I've, I feel like I have very rarely been in a situation where I'm like, you know how we should escape through the vents. Because vents are scary, Sam. No, because they're small. Yeah, that's why they're scary. They're small and like, oh no, there's also something else in here. Can't go backwards. Can't go very fast. This sucks. <laughs> you end in fairness, up a- I haven't had to escape much, so I've never really had to test this theory. <laughs> I guess and I so. bet if you did, you'd find some comfort in that vent like okay no one's gonna look for me in here Ooh, Uh-oh. community uh chang is living in the vents there you go well, there's another different. one he doesn't have to escape from anything that's different no but that means it's person-sized yeah, you, you don't might... need to de- you don't need to defend this part there are tons of examples i can't right? recall any right now but there are, there's tons of them so many yeah yeah, yeah but um... only in this one does someone get chopped up in a fan that's not yeah. even true either that, there's, I, there's other examples of that true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, of course, they come to the end of this ventilation system, and it's a giant fan that is moving at a ridiculous speed, and they're gonna die. And you're like, you're gonna die. So variety of things happen. They use a shoe to stop the fan. They kick out the whatever that's in the way, and then I guess did so. They were dressed as the devil and the angel. Classic. Yep. Classic. Uh, like slutty Halloween outfits. I don't know. She was like, the devil girl was very like top to bottom covered. In a very tight fit. Like, would you say that Catwoman's outfit is not a slutty Halloween costume? It's not revealing. All right. But, you know, there's something to be said about, uh, you know, tight fitting clothes, not leaving much to, to the imagination. Anyway, so they're dressed as a devil and an angel. The devil has a whip. What were they using to, that was part of her costume as tail? a rope? Like but a the, no, about we see her I'm, tail again yeah, later. Yeah. So I'm like, they what? whipped Jesus. The devil would be way into whips. 
yeah anyway so i guess she has a lip maybe and that's yeah, what they that's tie right. up and shut they that to one down too <laughs> they're Put another dropping... mark on the scoreboard for me and jesus guys i don't know about you but my high school did not have super high ceilings i would fucking jump like i'm just saying i'm just just jump just go for it yeah you're gonna die whether oh, yeah. this it hand like gets you was... or the fan gets you it looked like it fucking was a six jump. foot drop at most yeah right and move faster yeah classic horror movie like sitting on the sidelines like just fucking go like the murderers behind you those like classic thoughts but i was yeah. just like just jump just anyway the hand, the hand shows up uses the rope turns it into a noose puts it around her neck hangs her but that's not how she dies nope and then the fan starts spinning again and guess what it doesn't cut right it doesn't cut the rope <laughs> yeah what happens is way better it ravels the rope back up and she gets killed all up in the fan. So that's some strong rope. And then we get one of the best lines in the movie because Mick and Penova and the, the vents to go save her. And when they stumble upon that, he just says, yeah, I'm not going through all that, Tanya. Let's go back that way. Oh, you thought that was the best? You didn't like the follow-up where it was like something along the lines piece? of, it, yeah, you can go back and get a piece. Although after, right after that, as another good exchange, was after the amazing part where he's fighting the hand with the puppet on, uh, they come out of the vents and the, the vent cover smashes Anton in the head, allowing the hand to get away. And when he yells at them, do you let it get away? They just go, fuck you then and walk away. <laughs> Which I also really liked. Yeah. I think all of the best comedic lines were in the last 10 minutes, actually. They really found their comedy game at that point. Mm. Yeah, so much happens. So then the hand gets Jessica Alba and ties her up on top of the roof of a car in the auto shop and starts raising the car with the lift. With Very slowly. So, yeah, okay. The lift doesn't go that high. Just like the plan is to crush her, to lift the car so high up to the roof to just slowly crush her. Into and- a pentagram. That's important. Oh, right. That's how there's, she a, gets to there's a pentagram drawn on the, <laughs> on the roof. Yeah. Okay, fine. So the, the, it, is she going to get crushed or is she just, is the pentagram going to open up and she's just going to get sucked into it? Or I, is defer, the idea to, that she I defer to Sean's knowledge of demons in this case. Uh, the portal is not going to, I mean, that's just part of the ritual. The pentagram is basically like the, 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 the symbol of, well, this is where you're going to go. This represents hell. Mm-hmm. If he had drawn something else, she would have gone somewhere else. If you drew like, you know, the state flag of Nevada, she'd go to Nevada. But, you know, drew a pentagram. So unfortunately, <laughs> she's going to hell. Um, so one of my other favorite parts, of course, is in trying to save her, he's grabbing at her and grabbing at whatever he can get. And what does he do? What happens in this amazing attempt to save her life? He, unfortunately, when he actually gets a grip on her, manages to tear off some of her clothes. Yep. You know. And again, All of her clothes. <laughs> she is 17 years old here. Yeah. So and the... here she is in her underwear. Yeah. So she was wearing, you know, some, it was essentially lingerie, right? Like it was essentially like a little baby doll lingerie and he rips off the only part <clears throat> that isn't bra or underwear. And I guess she still has her halo. So there's that. Um, But yeah, so that's what this movie needed is (laughs) 
for him to just really just leave nothing to the imagination. Now yeah, I mean, they already, naked. they already put the boobs in there that the teenage boy apparently needed to be able yeah. to watch this movie about 10 minutes earlier. We're just two <laughs> random peripheral characters we have not seen until then are making out in a car. Literally, she just is like, takes her top off. Here they are. And there you go. <laughs> and then the hand crushes her head. Yeah. Yeah, so we did not need to see this from Jessica Alba, but yeah. And they find a bong made out of a muffler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so these were some of the lines that I enjoyed when, when they pick up the ashtray at first and he's like, oh, I made that. The guy's like, let it go. And then he also claims to have made this big muffler bong. Which they have a while descending or ascending the steps into heaven, he takes the bong with him and says, like, yeah, I arc welded it and shit. Like, you don't take auto shop. Fuck you. <laughs> while walking up the stairs to get into heaven. Those are, Which, yeah, the, quite a few times where they're just like, fuck you then. Like, there's, I, I like that, that argument. Just like, yeah, end definitely. all arguments moving forward with just fuck you. Yeah, yeah that I think was fuck you then. ashtray and just yeah. says, fuck you then. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's told to let it go, and he's just like, "Fuck you, then." Oh, man. Um, yeah. All right. So then they get the hand high, which stops the thing from moving up, and then they, and then and then Vivica H. Fox shows back up and stabs the hand. Yeah. And the hand is done. Which this uh, the Mick character comments on being a very lackluster death. Because it just sort Which of like. disappears. Yeah, I was like, oh, that, that was it. Yeah. And, and kinda, I liked that they acknowledged that, yeah, that, that yeah. was that. It kind of just um, felt like they didn't have the budget to do anything bigger, so they just had a character acknowledge, well, that sucks that we couldn't show anything cooler. And then that's followed Who by Who saw the next line? part coming, though? Be honest. Who Wait. saw the next part coming? Before that part, because I need to acknowledge Vivica A. Fox is done she's done her her duty and then she says time for the ritualistic sex and just walks right out well she's with, with a dude guy. that she's gonna yeah. go have the sex with but i do quite enjoy that this has been like something she's following for however long and then that's it it's just oh it's over let's go bone i don't know again i kind of like that it's I, just like I mean, done yeah we don't need to talk about it absolutely okay sorry and then you were saying who saw the next part coming yeah, where then so Devon Sawa they make is out under the car. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously after this all happened, stand under the car to make out. That sounds like a great plan. That was not, like, and then you're just like, oh, the car is definitely going to drop on them. Only surprise, it only drops on Devon Sawa. <laughs> Which is also another good one. line. Yeah, I think says, it's unfortunate for him in some ways that he doesn't die. But go on, give us the line. We're <laughs> just... <laughs> That wasn't my fault. That should have come down a lot slower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, his ending is kind of hell because he does the same thing. He chooses make him put up, get another chance to ascend to heaven. They take it. But Anton stays behind where presumably he is paralyzed for the remainder. So he's paralyzed. He's missing a hand and he's going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Like they you, don't talk I, about that part. I don't know when the like law is just like, oh, okay, it was a possessed hand. You're off. You don't. You don't have to pay for your sins. That's cool. I mean, maybe Vivica A. Fox after the ritualistic sex went to the cops and were like, oh, this is what went down, and they went, okay, 
that checks out. And yeah, they would already have the past examples, the withered hand that she visited as a nun. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, there are four corpses in my front lawn and two in my living room. Maybe the twins are around too because they do find the ears mm. in a bag of onion um, rings. Um, and Jessica yeah. Elba will lose interest in taking care of him within a few days. Absolutely. So hopefully he gets a second chance to ascend to heaven as well. <laughs> And the movie ends with Mick and Penub writing that I'm under the bed note on the ceiling to fuck with them. Yeah. Credits. We should acknowledge, though, in case he's listening, Devin Sawa is very good in this movie. It is a very physical performance, and I feel he commits 120%. Oh, man. I have, like a note with just LOL exclamation mark when he starts the real idle handness and he's just like, yeah, I, I also have notes about this. I, I, I wondered, and you'll know from the commentary, did they come up with the concept for this movie based on one scene in Liar Liar and then just told Devin Sauer, oh, go watch right. that scene a hundred times and <laughs> dial it up. And is red. No one could stop the claw. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because it was very much that. Um, it's hilarious. Great job, Devin. Great job. <laughs> I'm, nod- I'm nodding because I, I cannot get the words out through laughter. So. Oh, I also have a note about the pencil sharpener. That's what the, that's what the hand needed to be more fierce. Yeah. Can we see that the hand pencil sharpen its fingers into Which fine points. Doesn't do a lot with after that. I guess after that is no. when he scalps uh, Dexter and, Holland. Um, he's doing that after we see the principal jacking it in his office On a, yeah, while the line. dance is happening. So, And then the that, hand rips his junk off? I think so. I think what happened, well, you know, he's like on a sex line and he's like, oh, I can like feel you. And then it turns out that's the hand crawling up his leg. And then, yeah, I guess it's, it goes for the junk. He wanted to spank her with his ruler. Yeah. That was the best line they could come up with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be a dork. Yeah. I mean, it's quite sad that the, that, that scene is one of the more believable ones until the hand shows up. Mm. That is sad. The hand played by the same dude who played the thing in the Adams Family movies. <laughs> how come? How come a hand can throw a circular saw at that velocity and not get injured, but can use a pencil sharpener that doesn't sharpen my pencils to sharpen the bones into really sharp points? It jammed its finger in real hard. That's it. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Okay. You just weren't. Yeah. You just weren't trying. It was hard enough. holding the saw in a very specific way. Yeah, go back and watch the scene, Rob. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, yeah. He doesn't grip the bladey blade part of the blade, right? There's no you know way you I'm could throw about. it that fast if you weren't. It's, just it's a devil hand. <laughs> Did you not see it crawl its way to the school in 15 minutes? <laughs> no. It's very good at what no, it does. No, we cut to other scenes. <laughs> it also has remarkable penmanship. <laughs> because it scrawls out a message that says bad move Anton in blood and it's really nice looking. 
and also would have taken a while. So I like to believe they would have noticed like the hands writing something. But yeah, I like that it became less lazy when he cut it off his own body and actually wrote a full message instead of just ant. <laughs> That's a joke I just discovered then. <laughs> I. But aren't they insinuating sure. that the mom was writing that? Yeah, or uh, maybe. Writing it as yeah. they were dying. Yeah. That's what I thought that was. That makes sense. They were no. killed by ants. <laughs> Do you have like an evil ant? <laughs> what is more believable? Demon hand, evil ants. I would watch both of those movies. Well, I guess I'm one sure you actually have seen those both. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. That's idle hands. Do you have any other notes, Rob? No, nothing else that nothing else that I feel I need to share. <laughs> I should probably check. Uh, I threw my phone over there though because I was getting texts mm. and it was distracting yeah. me. I definitely when he first leaves his house and he just grabs whatever he can find and he's wearing pink slippers and boxers and a ripped T-shirt. I I had the thought of like, what is this COVID fashion? But um um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's our idle hands episode every yeah. day. <laughs> God, yeah. how great would it be if I just put an extended silence and the theme closing theme music right there? Um, what else? Oh, there's a lot of hand content on TV. That was another note I had. That was actually my literal only note: is how is the hand finding so much hand-centric content? There's a point at, right after the murder of the best friends when Anton just sits down and watches to focus on TV and the hand gets the remote and just keeps clicking to channels where people are just waving their hands or one like a claymation hand coming out of the ground. It's like none of this would be on, let alone at the same time. Right. And like, it's not Adam's family because we're familiar with the Adam's family and it would be very believable if they flipped a channel and that's what happened. But no, it, it's like, a, did that content already exist and, and somebody just scoured? And this is like 99, so it was not easy to scour and find every possible clip of hands. Um, or did they create that for this purpose? I don't know. It's a lot of hand stuff. My understanding is it's the first thing, if I remember the commentary right. They scoured for royalty-free footage of hands. But also, I just realized... We are both arguing the same side that it makes no sense. And that's not how we're doing things here. So Sam, you're wrong. That is exactly <laughs> what late night cable TV looks like. And also I feel like the devil hand could just control what was on the TV, no matter what. From the networks yeah, level? It could tap like... into like netherworld channels and they would right. probably want to watch stuff like hands. Um, and speaking of research before the internet, I did have that thought too, when Vivica A. Fox is in her, uh, like Winnebago and she's got, uh, whatever, like newspaper clippings from many different cities. And she's got all this like research and information that she's been gathering. I was just like, fuck research before the internet sucks. Yeah. It was just Giles. That's all you had. Giles. (laughs) Now it's. Every movie character has it so easy because it's just Google the thing you're looking for, click the second result, and there's everything you need in a handy article. (laughs) Demonic hand possession. Uh, I don't want that ad. It says here that a demon... And done. Yeah. You don't even need the Vivica Fox character anymore, which would be too bad. 
you know, for an 18A movie, it is not, I mean, there's consistent violence. And I guess maybe because the there's dead person, like his head is always off, but there's nothing in it that's particularly like, yeah, like a lot of I deaths mean, there's are a lot of blood F-bombs. splatter off camera. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of F-bombs. That was, there are a lot of F-bombs, yeah. but I mean, come on. You don't need to be 18 to hear that. I guess that's true. Um, well, I mean, it's inconsequential because it seems like not many people did hear them. Yeah, so this movie was not successful, which I remember made me very upset at the time. Um it has gained, obviously, it has gained notoriety. People still remember it. There were a lot of things for the 20th anniversary of, like, why are you people still sitting on idle hands? There's a masturbation joke there somewhere. Yeah, if you can find an email like this podcast at gmail.com and let us know what it is. Um, actually, there's one. The tagline for this movie is the touching story of a boy in his hand. So there you go. Um, and, the, yeah, the big collector's edition Blu-ray just came out. So obviously there's still still a fan base. Yeah, I saw an interview somewhere where he, he Devin Sauer claimed it had just about broken even, but it, it definitely didn't. It lost like twenty yeah. million. <laughs> oh no. I mean I, I could see a world where it did very well uh, in the VHS and D V D market. Yeah. So uh and then yeah, I didn't I didn't really know why we were doing this episode clearly you love it i don't know whether that's a a widespread thing guest appearance guest appearance hey. oh no i'm mistaken sorry there was a there was a shadow in the background uh-oh i, I mean this is all going in the episode now so this is gonna be yeah. really awkward. what are you looking for it's in the look in the bottom right drawer under the tv I'm not editing that. No, that's fair right. enough. Yeah. Hopefully the mic picked up at least what that conversation was. <laughs> little glimpse into home life. So as I was just saying, I, uh, I know you like it because that's why we're doing this episode, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think I've ever seen a lower rating for, for anything that I've sat down to watch. Seriously. Wow. Oh, that can't be true. No, I genuinely don't think I have. What was it? I know it's not very high. It's 15%. Is it? Wow, that's way too low. <laughs> Final Destinations, I remember being shockingly low, too. It's not that low. That's in the 40s, I think. This episode brought to you by... Oh, my God. Um, I missed it. Yeah, you can't do visual jokes on on an audio podcast. That one was for you, too. (laughs) I wasn't even looking. That was for you, Rob. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that visual bit. I did. Have you seen Cocktail? Because Cocktail has 5%. I have, but not in a really long time. So I would love to do a cocktail episode. The radio was talking about it. They were like giving giving one of the hosts a hard time about like her favorite movies being so shit. And one of her favorites is Cocktail and it's 5%. That's insane. Um, I don't know that I've actually sat down to watch that movie in full. Another one of these that's been on Channel 4 in the UK at one point, and I've watched bits. It's, I thought people liked that movie. People do, I think. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, 5%. I mean, so. critics didn't like Footloose either, so. Yeah, it's true. Uh, in fact, they probably liked Little Nicky more than all of these. That can't be right. <laughs> 
about to you still, have a, you still have a few more months before that episode. Okay, so twenty-two percent. So yeah, we'll oh, come so back to that one. So not much more. <laughs> I mean, okay, so we, I, I, I still like this movie a lot. I still think it is fun and unique and silly and fun. It literally made me laugh out loud. There were there was. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was wild. Like, I was just like, what is happening? This is getting so ridiculous. And as long as you're in the mood for something ridiculous, and yeah, then, then I feel like it, it pays off for what it is. Um, it was kind of funny not knowing what I was getting myself into because it was, it was something. Yeah, it's the movie that is not afraid of its own inherent silliness. Like, once they decide, you know what, we're bringing the friends back, let's just, just go for it. Yeah. You're in or you're not. Let's go. Robert? Uh, you just drew such a black and white line there where it's like you're in or you're not. And if, if I have to choose, uh. I'm not. <laughs> uh, get out of here, Rob. <laughs> but that said, I having spoken about it with you two today, I'm... I'm I'm more fond of it than I would have been otherwise. And 20 minutes in, I was like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> so it definitely improved from there. Uh, I don't think it helped that I was going in expecting a straight-up horror movie and then mm. had to figure out from the few jokes in the first half an hour that it was, in fact, a comedy. Uh, but yeah, I just, it, wasn't, it wasn't scary. It wasn't no, that no. funny. So, yeah. I can see how, because the first 20 minutes is the stoner comedy that is them sitting around in their basement like hey there's weed and da 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 it isn't un- basically until he discovers he his hand is possessed that the movie just decides like okay here we go we are off and running yeah yeah i think i needed a different attitude going in i needed to know more than i did to fully enjoy it that's fair i honestly Maybe that's on me that I should have prepped you, but also I like the idea of people on this just going in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not blaming you. Yeah. Yeah. I read the synopsis on, like, because it was streaming on CTV, and there was a synopsis right there. So I I had a little bit of an idea of what I was getting myself into from the synopsis. From my memory, I just remember the concept of, like, the hand being possessed. But, yeah, maybe the synopsis helped. But I can see myself... Probably not for a while, but I could see myself maybe getting a little stoned and watching this movie again. <laughs> it would probably improve, right? I don't think so. I'm just going to pull up Twitter here. Oh. Oh, I see if you got any responses. Now I'm curious. <laughs> this is not the way these episodes should work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's, it's mostly people liking the tweet, which is all well and good. Um, someone just said, great to see it. Big part of my childhood. Thumbs up. Uh, you probably know this, but here goes. The same actor played both Thing and the Addams Family and the Hand in this movie. Covered. Oh, oh my I brother thought, tweeted that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a true fact. I thought you were just saying. Oh, no, stuff. that's. Yeah, no, it actually is the same. The same dude. Uh, there's an interview with him on the Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, that's funny. I'd be very curious to see like what, like the art of that. Because for us, it's just like, oh, he went like this, a lot. Why was he not in Zoolander? 
I thought Maybe I was, he was. I thought I was going to come up with a good bit. <laughs> Maybe he was. You're right. Right? Did you look it up? Do you know? I just should have called you a buffet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, these are these are just his like top three known for credits. Right. Maybe he was in Zoolander. <laughs> are you serious, Rob? I just told you that a second ago. <laughs> Best line in Zoolander. Wrong? Right? Yes? Probably. Right? Oof. I did not like Zoolander. Wait, what? What? Nope. Wow. That doesn't seem possible. I could say we could go back and watch it again, but I don't want to. When did you last see it? I don't like Ben Stiller. He's not one of my favorites. I, I, he's not my favorite because 99% of his movies, he's playing Ben Stiller. (laughs) But when he does a Zoolander or a Dodgeball or a Tropic Thunder Things usually work out very well, except for Zoolander 2. <laughs> Nothing went very well there. I can't remember whether I saw that or whether it was so bad that my brain pretends I didn't. I, I, didn't I know we it, did, but... but I couldn't tell you a single anything. Plot no. point, scene, joke, nothing. It is completely evaporated from my memory. But the first one's a classic. I really, first one's really a classic. Like yeah. you kidding? I just told you that a second ago, Sam. Uh, Sam, why do you hate laughter? Yes. <laughs> I'm finally free. <laughs> I mean, you're not off the hook yet there. The demon sense of humor left me and possessed Sam <laughs> via Zoom. Um, all right. What's Sam, left what are you currently do? enjoying? Oh, that's what's left to do. Yeah. Um, We're not done here yet. All right. What am I currently enjoying? I'm enjoying that the weather is getting better. We're getting out a lot more. We're doing some bike riding, which is nice. Um, I'm also I feel like enjoying... you'll still be enjoying that in 20 years when you look back. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, I hope but... we don't have to be nostalgic for the summer. <laughs> I just like holding Sean to his rules. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Oh my um... God, what has happened in the next two decades? <laughs> you remember bikes before they were outlawed? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Before they were all welded to our bodies as part of this awful dystopian future. I feel like in current state, that is something I am quite enjoying. Oh, Um, yes. Turns out the sun is very important for your mental health. So Yeah. um, I am interested in checking out more. What is streaming on CTV? So I stream this on CTV for free. And I'm like, what else is there? Apparently a lot of Devin Sawa movies, because that's also how we watched Wild America. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm going to check that out, because I don't know what else is there, but I imagine it'll surprise me. Um, And then I'm... Have you finished all the other streaming services? I actually had a friend say they basically tapped out on Netflix, like there's just nothing left. Uh, That's because they don't know the secret codes. They need to look those up. So much hidden content on Netflix. The dark Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I, SNL did a joke where Netflix is producing so much content that y- you can stream for eternity because I, when uh, you get to the end of the stream, they've pumped out something new, so it'll just keep happening. Um, but yes, your friend did say that on last week's episode of the podcast. Oh yeah, that was on the air. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was on the air or not. <laughs> it was. Um, on Netflix, I have been watching Never Have I Ever which is something that would probably only come up for me and not you guys, but it's Mindy Kaling um, from The Office and The Mindy Project. Oh, yeah, my she, wife already watched it, so I'm out. Okay. 
she wrote it and it's basically like it's just it, it seems like if Mindy's high school experience so it's a high school girl going through life she's an Indian girl and in an American school and it's just her her life and I I mean it's I it's neither here nor there it's fine it's fine um <laughs> But I really, I appreciate that Netflix is buying things to give voices to people of color and um, get, give other people, you hear it all the time, like you, you need opportunities to see people like yourself on TV, in movies. Um, and so I, I think it's a really great example of that where it's, mm-hmm. it's a good show. It's like, it's fine. It's very much like, like the way the main character speaks is like Mindy Kaling's actual words coming out of a 15 year old girl's face, but uh, it's, it's good. It's nice to see that Netflix is buying stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Hmm. Rob. Uh, I'm watching this comedy show written by a really posh sounding white British woman about a white couple who do white couple things. Uh, I wasn't actually planning to mention this, but it's just funny when I reflected on what we were watching right now. It's that show Run. I don't know if you've heard about this one. It's on Crave. It's Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the, uh, is the writer. Um, Domhnall Gleeson is the actor and the actress. Her name, I forget, but she played the one in The Walking Dead who, can I do Walking Dead spoilers from like season six or seven or eight? I mean, I don't personally care, but if anyone listening does, here's your, here's your warning. She's a minor character whose name I also forget who gets an arrow through the eye at one point. I actually can't remember who she is at all. <laughs> uh, anyway, they, they, they have an agreement that if one of them texts run to the other, then they'll run away together, even though they're, they've got completely separate lives now. They used to go out. They used to be together in university, whatever. They get back together. And then shenanigans happen over eight episodes or so. So it's part comedy, part drama. Probably worth watching. It's not great, though. Uh, what did I actually want to talk about? Oh, Riveting yeah. endorsement. Oh, I know. I know. Just the timing of that is why I mentioned it. What I'm actually enjoying is a series of books. I just read the second book in the series, and it's really old. It's a 1960s fantasy series that you may have heard of. It's called uh, The Earth Sea Cycle. Yep. Uh, Ursula Le Guin. So I'll I think that's her name. Yeah, so I just read the second book. Um, the first one's about a wizard uh, who is black. Uh, so it, yeah, she she deliver she like deliberately wanted to tell this this unfamiliar story at the time of a fantasy hero who was you know uh, a okay. black boy who grows up to become the most powerful wizard in in Earthsea. All right, um, I laughed because I thought you were just pointing uh, out because I brought up the people of color thing. Like, this wizard's black, guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. And then in the second book that I just read, the, the main woman, the main person in power is a little girl. She's in charge of everything. But she talks, the author actually talks at the end of it how it's like there's two different types of power, the power to do things and the power over things. And what the girl has is like power over things, but they're actually quite empty things that she has power over. Uh, Anyway, yeah, really cool fantasy stories. Very short, very, very quick reads. So Sean, I know you're trying to get to 100 this year. Maybe get on those. What am I at? I think I'm at like 23 or 24. That's almost 100. You're flying through. How about you? What are you enjoying apart from all these books? Um, I will, I mean, yes, I've been doing still a lot of reading. Actually, it was kind of nice over the weekend. Like we went outside, my daughter was just like playing in her house and all the stuff in her backyard. And I sat and read my book, you know, looked up every now and then to make sure she hadn't scaled the fence and run off into the night. But 
Oh, my um, kid's climbing fences. Yours is? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> she, she hasn't gone over the fence, but she can climb up the fence. It's pretty impressive. Do you just spray her with a hose so she jumps back down? No, I was kind of like tempted to let her. I'm like, well, let's <laughs> see how much you can do. Now Good what? You. What's yeah. step two of your plan? Step two is she climbed a much larger fence. There's a tennis court near us, and she <laughs> oh, was no. climbing the tennis court fence, which is like two stories high almost. And she did not get two stories high, but it's like, yeah, she's she's a fence climber. <laughs> I feel by one story, you got to let her go the rest of the way. So you just got to see what happens. Pretend she got like uncomfortable when she was like, her feet were like at my shoulders. That's when she was like, uh, maybe get too high up now. That's still pretty good. <laughs> right? Uh, I will throw out a recommendation for a book I just finished this morning. It is called Just the Funny Parts. Uh, the author, I believe her name is Nell Scovel. Uh, she's a female comedy writer who's been on The Simpsons and uh, David Letterman. Uh basically a lot of the main comedy shows and series and things that have been out and some dramas as well. But it's, Sean, she's the creator of the television series, Sabrina. The she, Teenage Witch. Yes. That was the next thing. I was like, she <laughs> is the showrunner for Sabrina, which we have an episode on. Uh, so you do get a peek into you know, what it was like to create that show. And you learn things like originally the network wanted one of the ants to hate Sabrina. And her pitch was, that's a super depressing show. She has no parents and her aunt hates her. Why do we want to watch that? Uh, but it's really interesting looking and not just how the behind the scenes of these shows work, but just how shitty her situation was a lot of the time to be the only woman in a room of eight other male writers and the bullshit she had to put up with and the double standards. And it's, it, is a, it is a very interesting read that I, I would definitely recommend because I just went into it like, I want to know how the Simpsons works. And by the end, I was like, wow, this sucks. Our whole world is, mm. there's so many problems. Uh, and I will also throw a recommendation out for the video game Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, do we have half an hour more? No. <laughs> I do maybe, not. Maybe I'm out. Me. If you guys are talking for half an hour about video games. <laughs> just text me. Just one That's video fine. game, Sam. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, Rob, you should probably play it. Yeah. It's very good. Okay. There's something very satisfying about stabbing a one stormtrooper while deflecting the lasers back at another one to just be like, fuck off. And you kill that guy and then you stab the guy you're fighting. And then there's a Well, spider. I'm still playing Red Dead and people want to hear where I'm up to on that. So I'm only at 66% on that game. So I feel like it. you were at 66% last week. What are no, you doing? 64 last week. Yeah. Uh, that's 2%. Do you know where I'm at in Fallen Order? Like 28, and I just started playing it. Come on. ready. The world is ready for you to move on to something new. Final Fantasy VII Remake is still waiting for you somewhere. We fell off that one pretty hard, but then we're back. But then we got stuck, so I don't know if we're off again. Can't beat a boss we're stuck at right now. It's not fun for the second player to just watch me lose against a boss over and over again. So I might just have to fight him on my own time and then be like, I did it. You can come back. You can't edit these minutes back into our lives, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting late. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) 
fine. I actually haven't looked. How long is this episode? (laughs) (laughs) You could go back and cut out like easily six minutes at the end here. Nope. Uh, So that's our Idle Hands episode. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Rob. Like you guys have anything better to go do. (laughs) Sleep? Does sleep count? I like you're going to go sleep after this. Literally. I'm going to play Final Fantasy Shuffle after this. Uh, (laughs) Thank you to Tev Sam for the theme song. Thank you to Twitter for liking the tweet. Would have liked to have seen more comments, though. Um, but you can still follow us there. That'd be cool. And on Facebook. And on TikTok? Instagram? Are we on TikTok We're not, we're not on TikTok yet. Let's get Thank on TikTok. God. Um, the Road to 100 continues with... God, I think Mannequin is next. My wife and I are going to do a Mannequin episode. So uh, no stay tuned for that. Because we have some, some things to say about that movie where a mannequin comes to life. And, um, I don't know, someone close us out. Okay, bye. Really? Okay, fine. (laughs) Bye. So for all those things nostalgic, I also do we sit like this.